Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. For the second consecutive year on the eve of the start of a new college baseball season, we come to you live from the home of the reigning national champions. A year ago, it was Starkville following Mississippi State's 2021 national championship. This year, we come to you from Oxford and Swayze Field following Ole Miss's baseball national championship as we get you set for the start of the 2023 college baseball season alongside Michael Borky. I'm Richard. It. You're blocking it. It says it right there. I was going to say it says it right there, but you're blocking it. Sorry. I, I can move. There's a uh, there's a new logo on the wall. That, yeah, uh, how about you come that? To the ballpark. You will. I, I guess I'm still blocking it. We'll uh, we'll get out of the way in a bit. Um, if it were me, and Ole Miss people should be glad it's not me, that logo would be about the size of that scoreboard right next to it. It would be kind of hard to affix that logo to the wall. Probably so. I mean, they're building a batter's eye. Just take whatever that structure is and build it again right next to the scoreboard and have a permanent. Champions logo next to it. But I'm tacky, so you know I would do something tacky like that. So the college baseball season does indeed begin tomorrow. Brian Haydad's out today. We told you yesterday he's got COVID. He'll be back with us on Monday. Hoping does he, that he feels COVID, fine. I don't or does know. he have the, I don't want to spend three hours at the home of the national champions, Ole Miss? I'm going to give him more credit than that. Yeah. He, he said his entire family. I don't think he would drag his whole family into the charade. Although, could you imagine in the friendly confines that we've got here, which that's a four-foot-long table. In front of you? Trying to fit any person, but a, another person, right right here? And, and hey, Dad, is not just another person. So, you know, it would be it, it would be uh, it'd be snug. We but, would get very familiar with each other. But uh, we do miss Brian Haydad being yes, we here. Do. We're glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studios, which today are inside Swayze Field. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. You can find out more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Do, you, do yourself a favor. Uh, check out the uh, sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Remember, once we get to league play, you got college baseball odds as well. If uh, if that is your thing, you can uh, certainly partake. Love to hear from you this afternoon. Ceasefire text line is open 
601-879-4395. If you want to give your business the edge, get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Got a fun show coming up this afternoon. Voice yes. of the Rebels, David Kellum, will join us in uh, about 10 minutes. He's going to stop by. Uh, he will spend a lot of time in this building over the course of the next three or four months. Look forward, as always, to visiting with David. Brad Henderson will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. He is the color analyst on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield for baseball. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, both Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement will uh, come by. Assistant coaches on uh, on this staff, of course, Mike Clement, the hitting coach and the third base coach. Carl Lafferty works with the pitchers. He's the recruiting coordinator on this staff, and uh, those two guys are going to swing by uh, later in the 5 o'clock hour to join us. So a ton of baseball to uh, get to. We're not going to make it just baseball today, though, because there is uh, plenty of other stuff to uh, talk about, including... A schedule for SEC ba- uh, football media day. Yes. We got the, that July news ready to go. There's some strategy involved with the selections, by the way. Is there? Trying to keep people engaged? Yeah. They, they had, spoiler alert, Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel on day four. Last okay. year, remember, day four kind of just whew, stopped. Like the event just hit a wall on Wednesday night and it was over. It won't happen like that this year. SEC Football Media Days in Nashville this year. First time that yeah. uh, it's been in Music City, so that'll be a cool new location. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be in that downtown Nashville area, kind of in and around Bridgestone Arena. We'll wait and see exactly where they uh, they have the event, but it'll be Doesn't fun. Does Toby Keith have a bar in Nashville? Maybe it'll be there. That stands to reason that Toby Keith would have a bar in Nashville. Luke Bryan's probably got one. Jake Owen, one of those guys. Just pick one of those and do it there. A lot of cool stuff in uh, in downtown, yeah, is. including Hattie B's biscuits. Never had. That. Ooh, you got Hattie B's right there on. Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, what's Broadway? The, the, yeah, Broadway. That's the the main drag yeah. that runs uh, toward the uh, toward the river. So that's got Mississippi State will be on Tuesday. Ole Miss will be on Thursday. We'll talk about the rest of the schedule a little bit later when we get to the uh, to the college football fix. Uh, later this afternoon. But baseball is up on us, right? Tomorrow's season opener. Quick look at the schedule. Uh, first game of the day is uh, Oklahoma State and Missouri. That game will go first pitch at 11 o'clock. Oklahoma State's a top 10 team. VMI and Mississippi State, 2 o'clock first pitch. Is that right? Or are those central times? I thought those were all eastern times. What time does the state game begin? Is it 3 or is it 2? So Ole Miss is at 4. That's uh, that's Eastern. Okay, so Mississippi State and BMI get started at 2 tomorrow. Will, does that sound right to you? You're the you're the programming guy. That's By the exactly way, Will right. Is, the game starts at 3. The airtime is 2.30. Oh, okay. Well, I am not. I don't even know what to make. I'll just tell you who's playing tomorrow. Well, you, you know what? what D- D1 Baseball, I guess, is what? 3 o'clock. So D1 Baseball is wrong. Okay. Essentially is what that says. All right, so 3 o'clock Central Time tomorrow in Starkville for VMI and Mississippi State. Jacksonville State and Georgia happening tomorrow. Kentucky and Elon. Richmond and number 20, Alabama. Uh, top 15 matchup with Vanderbilt and TCU. That is uh, tomorrow afternoon. UMass Lowell is in Columbia to take on South Carolina. Delaware and Ole Miss. First pitch here in Oxford at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Indiana and Auburn playing a night game on the Plains at 6. Charleston Southern's at Florida. Seattle is at Texas A&M. Western Michigan at LSU. That's at 6.30. Tennessee and Arizona. That's out on the West Coast. And um, Texas and Arkansas. Nightcap tomorrow night at Globe Life Field. Get your Flow Sports 
video subscription ready if you uh, you want to watch that one. Uh, the yeah, you know, Longhorns no and the Razorbacks at, uh, I'm at good. seven. After the the, I borrowed somebody's password for Flow. Uh, what was it? Was that two years ago already, or was mm-hmm. that that was two years ago? Two wow. years ago, I borrowed somebody's password, and they tried. And I respect people for trying to put on a broadcast. I would have never paid for that. We talked about this earlier in the week. So Mississippi State's going to Frisco. Ole Miss is yeah. going to Minneapolis this year. Um, I guess without being too specific, because I don't have all of the details, I will tell you that Ole Miss has a couple of trips to Texas for preseason tournaments that are on the future schedule. Not necessarily next year, but there is a return to to Globe Life Park for the College Baseball Showdown that is in the future. I think there's a return to Minute Maid Park also for the, uh, what is it, the Shriners College Classic that they play in Houston. Uh, Ole Miss played in that several years ago as well. I'm sure it's similar for Mississippi State. Uh, as these schedules tend to kind of mirror each other, not usually. It's it's unusual to see uh, those folks finish in the exact same place or play in the exact same early season tournament, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Um, but I'm sure. So, I, I know baseball and football are different. Uh, money, fans, everything. It's a totally different operation. However, as Haydad likes to point out, baseball schedules get done like a year or two years in advance. During the COVID season, they blew up the schedule and created a brand new one, and it worked. Now, there was fewer people because nobody could go to the games, but but it worked. Yeah. Why? What is the real answer for why football does not schedule that way? Why, why, are, there, why are we announcing and talking about games that are going to be played by kids my son's age? It may be copycat as much as anything. It may be that somebody started scheduling, hey, instead of scheduling two years out in advance, we'll schedule it five years out. And then somebody's like, oh, geez, if they're scheduling five yeah. years out, we need to schedule five years out. And then somebody pushes the envelope. And now, like, for example, Ole Miss, you're sitting here, we're rolling into the 2023 football season in September. They've got games on the schedule for 2037. Yeah, That's it, 14 years from now. And it changes things, right? Because when Georgia Tech was scheduled, which I imagine Lane Kiffin would probably think it's better that it's not Paul Johnson's Georgia Tech because of the triple option and it's more traditional. But when that was scheduled, Georgia Tech was going to the ACC championship, winning their division, going to bowl games. That, that was a very good Georgia Tech program. And last year, everybody ripped them for the schedule being soft. Oh, well, they only played Georgia Tech. Well, when they scheduled Georgia Tech, that was a team that was perpetually ranked. And, well, and Ole Miss has had a knack for having some teams maybe that weren't as good roll into a cycle of being good. I mean, you think yeah. about when they played Missouri – Home and home when Missouri was still in the the Big 12, that was when you had Chase Daniel and those receivers, and they were throwing it all over the place. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, this is a generationally good Missouri team that uh, that you get a couple of times. But, yeah, we we don't get that with uh, baseball nearly as far down the road. Just getting started with you this afternoon, uh, reigning national champs, Ole Miss. Uh, we'll talk with David Kellum. Uh, we, we've kicked this around with him a little bit, some of his memories from the end of last year. We'll probably primarily turn the page to this coming season, and uh, we'll see how good David is at math as well. I've got a, a math question for him uh, pertaining to that, that box that's about three down from where we sit. We'll see if... He can calculate how many hours he spent in a chair in that radio <laughs> booth inside this stadium. Just getting started with you this afternoon. Going to have a good time as we get ready for the start of the college baseball season tomorrow. Quick programming note. 
You're going to get a best of Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow. If you are streaming the video, you'll have less of that. You'll get a nice graphic that says, Welcome to opening day. But with Mississippi State playing and Ole Miss playing while this show is on, uh, you're not going to get the uh, normal. It'll be a lot of college baseball tomorrow, so plan accordingly. That also means Food Friday, instead of a weekend preview, is going to turn into a Food Monday with a weekend review of what we did on the grill. Take a quick timeout. More coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, Pearl River Resort Studios today, live from Swayze Field in Oxford. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Brandon Johnson stares in to get the signal from Dunhurst. We're ready to go again. The one-two pitch to the DA. Join its way. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Normally, all guests would appear on the Farm Bureau guest line, but today, guests are in person here at Swayze Field, and we're joined by David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels. Is that fun to listen back to that? That is so much fun. It doesn't get old, even for me. I mean, (laughs) I've heard it now a million times, and uh, it's it's really, really cool. You know, the interesting part of that, of course, you've been in uh, play-by-play for a long time, Richard, is that a couple of my peers contacted me earlier in that day uh, via text and said, uh, you got something planned if you win it all in this game? And I just said, no, 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 I'm not writing anything down. If I write something down, I'll screw that up. (laughs) You know, so I may have told you on your show before, but I did just went and called it, and and, and it came out uh, pretty decent but what a incredible season i know that we're about to start another one i can't believe we're about to do that either seemed like we just left omaha yesterday but uh it was a phenomenal year and for me personally you know on what's been a long long career it's really fun to be able to do that for sure david kellum with us inside swayze field season opener tomorrow it's the beginning of season number what for me, for you, uh, forty-five. That's is that right. Mm-hmm. That's Six, really cool. sixty-four years old now. So I'm closer to the end than the beginning. I would think by now. You you talk about football schedules. Fourteen <laughs> years from now, DK won't be dealing with that. <laughs> I'm looking about. Don't know where you're going to be when Ole Miss plays Purdue in 2037. Yeah. It's not going to be West Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, I hope I'm around. Even you know, yeah. I can sit up and try to watch it. Maybe, but uh, you know, I a lot of people ask about. Retiring, a lot of folks have retired here in the league just the last few years, you know. But I don't know if it'll be a year, three years, five years, eight years, whatever. Uh, as long as I enjoy it and you know enjoy the prep piece of it, we'll see. But uh, uh, it, you know, those future had... schedules, I'm not paying much attention. You know, Jack Christie's tell me all the time when I ask him, I said, "Jack, how many more years are you going to go?" And he went many more after the first time. Sorry, he said, "Well, David, I'm not buying any green bananas right now." <laughs> it's one of the greatest lines of all time. That's uh, that's really good. Um, I asked Mike yesterday, spent some time with, with mm-hmm. him, a long interview. He was great. And I asked him, you know, 
season ended. They came home for the quick celebration and the parade. He has to go to North Carolina for, for Team USA mm-hmm. baseball. Then they go across the world. And I asked him, I said, when did you get to the point where you just kind of sat down and reflected a little bit and, and thought about it? And it was like, holy cow, did that really happen? Did, did you have a moment like that? Because I did. Se- season ended, and, and you go into a little bit of a hibernation in the summer where you don't do as many radio shows and you know you kind of disconnect after a long season. Mm-hmm. Well-deserved. When did that moment come for you? Well, you, going back to Mike, you, you know, we know him. You know, he put 150 percent into that piece too, and so it was kind of, you know, a situation where he couldn't really celebrate it till he got back. So right. I know that that was was his deal. My deal was getting back, and normally we don't go that far, so I've got a two month gap. Well, we're already talking football by the time I get back, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out. <laughs> I, get a, a I, little, I need a minute, a little time off. But I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks after the the celebration, and then Mary and I. Spent probably a month just every now and then looking at each other and say, we won a national championship. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, and it's still kind of uh, sinking in, I guess. But it, it was a strange season uh, from the, the, the struggles in the middle. A fun uh, story, a great story, in fact. But uh, it, it took me a couple of weeks for it to really sink in. Yeah. A team that went from number one to unranked and looking mm-hmm. like they might not even make the SEC tournament to they make the SEC tournament get bounced. Last team into the field and then... I carry a trophy on Win it all. You know, Richard, I felt good, though, getting in. We were playing good baseball by that point. You know, losing to Vanderbilt in the first game of the SEC tournament is not a shock by any means. I mean, gosh, that thing is one of the best events that yeah. we have in the country. Uh, but You, you just were, hope that that didn't cost you. Right, right. So once you got in, you felt like, okay, we got the pitching going. We're hitting the ball really good. we got a chance to see how deep we can go. You know, I don't know if you're uh, – their goal was to win it all, obviously, sure. once you get in. But I don't know if you anticipate that. Let's see how far we can go. You had toughest. Simon, because you didn't play well at home. Didn't the, the amazing things? We didn't play a single one of those games here. I mean, the month of June, we're in Miami, we're in Hattiesburg, we're in Omaha. I was at my house five days. Five days I spent the night at my house in the month of June. So uh, you didn't do any of it with the advantage you got at home. And so that's a big piece of the the story as well. But, uh, boy, the guys just played really, really good. and uh, it, was, it was a fun run for sure. All right, so looking at this 2023 season, mm-hmm. you, you got faces returning, but there are also a bunch of guys that, that meant a lot to this program for a long time who are gone. I, I always think there's a, a fascinating – and, and you've seen it go both ways, right? I mean, we, we talked lots about Mississippi State. They went it all two years ago. Mm-hmm. Had a ton of injuries last yeah, year. They yeah. end up finishing last in the SEC. But we've also seen, if you want to go back a little farther, a team like South Carolina that goes back-to-back national championships. And I'm always curious about how you get your guys back, how you get them locked in and focused, and you turn the page. and, and you. Fo- I asked Mike about that. He didn't mm-hmm. seem to think that that was an issue at all. For this particular team, but it is a fascinating kind of mindset that you've got into to, to start over. Well, I think it's the consistent approach that Mike's had to his program for years and years and years. I mean, they get to the beginning of a start of a season, they feel pretty good about having taken care of crossing the T's and dotting the I's and ready to start a new season. There's always some mystery because you have turnover, uh, you know, every single year. But I look up and we're ranked, I think, as high as fourth in one of the national polls, and we're preseason picked fourth in the West of the SEC. So. 
that's kind, that's kind of the way it is in our league and all. It's a tough league, and you you know you got a chink in the arm, you get in trouble uh, in a hurry. But there's some there's some good parts coming back. They paid Chatney is a, a great piece, and Kemp Alderman, who, the progress, the step he made from two years ago to last year was phenomenal. So you got Kemp back in the the lineup, and I, there there will be some some newness and some new players we're not familiar with. But that kind of happens every single year. Hunter Elliott being back is gigantic, obviously, and we'll see how the the, the bullpen kind of shakes out down the road as well. But uh, You're I'm in the sure middle of basketball right now. Have right. you had a chance to, to watch any of the inter-squad games? I, like or? three innings. Okay. I swung by here, saw a little bit periodically, but no, I haven't had a chance to devour it by, by any means because we've been traveling doing hoops left and right. But uh, I'm excited to see some of the new guys, see what they can do. So what do you? I, I, you heard me say I was going to throw math at you. Yeah. This booth over here, which has been your home in this stadium since, well, kind of. Actually, since started in this one. This yeah. was the home booth until we hosted a regional one year, and I realized that booth was better. I don't guess I ever went down there. I said, we're going to switch. And Langston Rogers said, why do you want to switch booths? I said, well, it's got a, a shelf in the back and cabinets. It's a whole lot better room. booth. Yeah. You just switch the name. That's home. This is visitors, you know. Uh, but, yeah, we're talking about the number of hours. Gosh, I don't know. You, you figure uh, if, if you want to do just broadcast time, three and a half hours a game or whatever for, for all those years, it's, it's a bunch of hours. I'll say that much. Yeah. We, we were playing around with numbers, and we came up with a little over 6,000 hours. Oh, wow. Which really? is a lot. That's a bunch I mean, if you hours. think about a, a like a standard work year, yeah. like for an 8 to 5, 40, that's, that's 2,000 hours. Oh, Learfield owes me a raise, right, Houston? We need to go. Can you negotiate I that need to on the negotiate that right here on the air with with them? Uh, yeah, and, and you know you got to love the the game and sports and um, to be able to you know sit there and do that for that long. And I do. I love the sports that I call, and um, I don't really think about it too much from a time standpoint. What is it about the ballpark? You and I have spent a lot of hours together mm-hmm. in in these booths in this stadium and in booths in other places as well. But there's something that feels different about getting to the ballpark in baseball, then, I don't know, it feels getting early to a football stadium or, mm-hmm. or to a basketball arena. So so what is it about baseball that just kind of grabs you and pulls you in and it just feels comfortable? The, the other things going on, batting practice, you know, getting to visit with the coaches a little bit. It's not quite as intense. Not that they're not focused and really yeah. ready to play a game, but it's not quite as intense. Basketball is kind of boom, boom, and you play. Uh, football is really, really tight, and you don't really have access to players there on the field. You can, you know, hang out behind the batting cage and do things. So early arrivals always been something I've enjoyed uh, through the years. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've met somebody behind, the, you know, the, the cage uh, at other schools and built a relationship with them just sure. simply because we're watching BP. You yeah. know? It's a uh, certainly is unique. Um, New faces, we mentioned that. Grayson Saunier, who I guess you will not mm-hmm. get to see this weekend since right, I'm basketball on, I'm on Saturday. Yeah. But a uh, a freshman that people think is going to be a star transfers, which is kind of a, a different piece than we've had in, uh, in recent years in the college baseball world. As you've talked with Mike and maybe Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement and some others around the program, your thoughts on this season – that begins tomorrow. I think most of my conversation been with Mike Clement, uh, and he's he's been very very positive. Uh, he, he really knows the, the pitchers well because his guys have been facing Faced them, them all know? the time. And uh, he told me he said, "I said, what about the rotation?" And Mike said, "It's good." <laughs> so if he says it's good, I'm believing it. You're, Not that the offense that. didn't have some su- success, but uh, we'll see how it pans out. You're always gracious with your time. Thanks for stopping hey, man, by. I love you, brother. David Kelly. See ya. 
from the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield play-by-play. He'll be on the call for opening day tomorrow. I do get opening day tomorrow, yeah. Ole Miss in Delaware, 3.30 airtime, 4 o'clock first pitch. Season opener here at Swayze. Got more coming up with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Supertalk.fm. On the Supertalk app, your local Supertalk station, and at Supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Tomorrow we'll be saying welcome back to college baseball. Today we just say welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi and the Pearl River Resort Studios. You can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. If you're watching at Super Talk TV, you see that Ole Miss has got practice going on in the background behind us. Let's make the observation. You've seen this before if you've you know been you know early to a game when batting practice is going on. But when it's a true practice setting, it, it kind of ramps it up to there's a lot happening at one time. So you've got your infielders at all your infield spots. You've got four different fungos that are going. Mike Bianco and three different pitchers are all hitting fungos to the four different spots on the infield. I think that's Chris Cleary, who is uh, one of the assistant coaches who's hitting fungos to the outfielders. And you got guys feeding balls and catching balls that are coming back in. And it's just a lot going on. And time alone. Yeah, that, that stood out to you, it, right? It does. I mean, and it's not like baseball players are small guys. Like, if you look at the Ole Miss roster, they got, they got some big guys on it, right? He stands out. I mean, you immediately, if I said, find the football player, it's right there. There he is. Yeah, time alone does look different he, than everybody else that is in uniform on the field. completely different than the rest of them. It is so funny to me. But, I mean, he looks good. It's agile. Oh, my gosh. Uh, just a great athlete for, for that size. I'm curious to see how they use him. I had somebody ask me last night about, you know, how much is time alone going to play? I saw he's not going to start. And in a very limited sample size, what was it, four games last season? Looked good, comfortable, hit it, what, two home runs, three home runs last season? Yeah. And then in the fall, he stood out because a tweet went out about him hitting, they're not in fall, uh, two weeks ago, right. during practice, hit three home runs in a simulated game. I want to see what he would look like with more consistent at-bats. And I don't know if we're going to see that. For him would... to get that, you're leaving football behind. And my guess is that uh, that defensive tackle possibility uh, also would be uh, is not something that Lane Kiffin and yeah, football staff want to give up on. Because, but he's going to have a role on next year's football team too, sure. and so. Uh, but it can be done, right? But, or, but when or I say it? more at bats, I'm talking about the at bats that go through fall practices and fall scrimmages, yeah. all the off summer ball. He's not doing summer ball. He's going into off-season conditioning program yep. for football to get ready for that with you know football players. That, but yes, it's clear that there is uh, a huge amount of talent um, in his body to to be able to play on the defensive line in the SEC and to be able to play first base and, and swing a baseball bat as smoothly as he does. Also, in and, the SEC. and that was as a freshman last year. And if I remember correctly, his junior season in high school was the COVID year. 
And then his senior season, he got hurt and couldn't play. So he did that last year, missing his last two years of high school baseball while also playing football. It's like you can't help but wonder is if like a team just took a chance. Let's say football, for whatever reason, didn't work out, and a, a team took a chance on him even though he had had a very limited number of bats just because of raw power. Yeah. And then they just stuck him in the minors and said, we want to see what a 1,000 at-bats looks like. Mm-hmm. And just see, you know, does he grow? Who knows? Uh, who knows what the future holds on that front? I mentioned yesterday that uh, Borky does not love early, like pre-Masters golf, but even he perked up. Uh, when we talked about Tiger Woods playing in uh, the Genesis Invitational, uh, they are at Riviera Country Club, and that is a hard golf course, but uh, you get some pretty good scores. Max Homa uh, shoots a 7-under 64. He is one shot in front of Ma- uh, John Rahm, who goes out and shoots a 6-under uh, 65. Matt Kuchar is 5-under. He's in the clubhouse. But the group that everybody's watching is uh, the pairing of Rory McElroy. Tiger Woods and Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is two under through five holes. All three of those guys birdied the first hole of the day. I think they went off the back nine. I think um, Rory is one under through five, and Tiger is. Uh, I'm, I'm having to, there. He is even uh, through. So six he holes. gave one back. Yeah, he. Uh, I saw some highlights. Uh, looks physically good. Now it doesn't look like he did ten years ago, but. Birdied one, bogeyed four. They didn't start on the front. Physically looks good. I mean, moving around well, swinging well, all that. Maybe there's there's a little bit left in him. I would love for somebody to ask, and maybe they have and I've just missed it, somebody like him that has had how many comebacks now? He had the the car accident and and the fallout from that and the comeback from that, and then he got hurt, um, had to come back from that. Plantar fasciitis this offseason. And and then had the back surgeries and had to come back from all those. At what point do you think enough is enough? Like, Have you had that thought in your mind of, I cannot physically go through another one of these? Because he's not like another athlete that's had one knee injury or two. He's had a, a personal falling out. He's had... Injuries. He's had uh, a torn ACL and broken bones in his knee. He's had four back surgeries. He's had a car, two car accidents. He, I mean, at what point, or have you reached a point where you thought, I can't, I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't bring myself to reset. And yet here he is again with a, a leg that was compound fractured in two different places. Where if you look at the picture of him in shorts, one of them is missing stuff. The, the legs aren't the same anymore. One is missing things off of it. Like, it's smaller than the other leg, and yet here he is playing again. He is. Hitting the ball 300 yards off the tee still. I, it just the, the mental fortitude it takes but, but, but to that, do that is special. But but that's it, right? You you say, have you ever thought about just hanging in I'm sure he's thought, you know, is it worth it? But there's a different gear there, right? I mean, that's what separates yeah. him. When you talk about somebody as the greatest to ever do it, the greatest of all time, the greatest in the history of the game, it's not just physical ability, right? I mean, there's there's a mental piece there yeah. that goes with it. There's a drive there that goes with it. That honestly, I don't think we, I don't think we have the ability to truly understand what that no. is, unless you've been one of them, I suppose. It's like Brady too. I mean, I know he retired now finally, but uh, the the things that. Tom Brady sacrificed to get to where he is mm-hmm. and make your jokes about Giselle, but I mean, it, it, the personal sacrifices, physical sacrifices to get there, it's crazy. 
I mean, and somebody says it's golf. People play till they die. Not after four spinal fusion surgeries. His situation's a little bit different, and he's not just playing. He's, uh, I mean, on the tour, he, he's playing competitively. Uh, physically, his body was destroyed by golf. I remember, and you may remember this too, because it keeps getting brought up from time to time. I think it was Jack Nicholas. I don't remember the event. When they asked him about Tiger's swing, he said all the way back in the late 90s, he can't swing like that forever because his body's going to break down. Because his swing was so violent and yeah. so much torque, and it, it, it did. And yet here he still is. It, but the other piece, that so you're talking about the greatest golfer in the world who was winning tournaments at a record-breaking clip, who not once but twice went back to the drawing board and completely retooled his swing. And the first time was not out of physical necessity. The first time was, I think I can be better if I do this. And that's where you got the year where he won, what was it, 12 times? Yeah, something like that. And then he's had to make changes because of what he needed to be able to do physically. Um, So it really is remarkable to watch. And he's built up so much capital with fans where... The field change. It was really, it was kind of cool to watch last weekend press conferences. And I don't remember, I don't remember which day. I think it was Friday last week when it was announced that the Tiger was playing at Riv this weekend. And they asked John Rahm about it, and they asked two or three other players. And uh, Rahm was because he didn't know. And, and Rahm's response was, "Wait, Tiger's playing at Riv." He's like, oh, man, that's awesome. And then he just like, it's like he's processing. Yeah. Hold on a second. Not just Tiger coming back for a Tiger's, Tiger's playing a tour stop next week. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy, man. Um, it, and other players reacted in, in much the same way. He's one of one. Uh, is there that guy for football? So uh, I pride myself on no Mount Rushmore's on this show. But, like, Michael Jordan turned 60. 60. Can you believe that? Michael Jordan. Mm. And he is still... And donated $10 million to make a wish in honor of turning 60. Yeah, happy birthday, Michael Jordan. But he's one of one in that regard. Like, not doing the LeBron-Jordan debate, because in terms of attention to basketball, there is nobody since I've been alive in almost 31 years that has drawn attention and and viewership to basketball like Jordan. Tiger is that way in golf, and it's not even debatable. Does baseball or football have that guy? And who would that guy be? Hmm. So different because it's an individual sport versus a team sport. Yeah, and basketball can be an individual sport. You know what I mean? Like there's name me five Lakers. You know, but everybody knows LeBron. Name me five Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So who would that guy be? I had a friend mention Madden to me recently, possibly being that guy. But John Madden, yeah, because of the video game franchise. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Southern Miss opens their season tomorrow. Scott Berry has a loaded team. Ton of offensive returners. What? Nine of the top 11 hitters, something like that from last season. Got an ace at the top of the rotation, but then some question marks on the mound after what the draft did and uh, graduation did to that team. We'll talk about the start of Southern Miss' season tomorrow. 
when we come back today on Sports Talk Mississippi. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Don't forget, you've still got an opportunity to register for tickets. In fact, you've got a lot of opportunities still to uh, register for tickets for the Morgan Wallen concert. Country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford. And Super Talk Mississippi is giving you a chance to win. Enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state. For example, the old Coke plant in Brookhaven, Seals Tire and Auto in Gulfport, or at Cobalt's Boutique in Columbus. There are many other locations as well. For the full list, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium on Sunday night, second of two shows, that's April 23rd. Ticket giveaway brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Will, you might do a better job with that read than me. You you can uh, you can do those for the rest of the day if you want. Okay, I'll do. Okay. I mean, you wrote them, I, I, I think. I think you did change, a really good job. Change up the location. Well, I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> uh, a lot of excitement about the uh, Morgan Wallen concert as well. There's some things that are, are changing here. So the band pra- just kind of slide out of the way. You, you can kind of see over. Wait, which way am I? Am I going the wrong way? Houston. Oh, Houston can adjust the camera. Nah, that's not what. This isn't working how I'd hope that it would. So uh, <laughs> he's got it. We got. Like, he's the, got it. There it is. There. there. So you've got the, uh, the 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 setup with behind the student section. A little bit different look this year, but they are putting in a. Oh wow, that's really <laughs> close. Look at Somebody that. had spaghetti for lunch. <laughs> There's now, a new see, batter's now, yeah, eye that's, that's going in. Here, I'll, I'll there, it is. there it is. I'll do this. <laughs> I get in the, the wee little chair. So the new batter's eye going in. So because of the band practice field construction and the removal, whether planned or not, of a bunch of big mature oak trees behind the center field wall, the ball, when it was being released from the pitcher's hand, was showing up against a couple of white houses up on top of the hill. You can just barely see that uh, it was kind of blending into that. And so they had to enlarge the batter's eye. They, they took down the old frame, kind of doubled the size of the structure, made it taller. And now, at least for now, they've got a kind of a screen that is going in. I, I don't know if that's permanent or temporary or what it is they're settling on but that can't be permanent um there's like so like it feels like there might should be a pardon our progress sign yeah at the uh, stadium as it begins those trees were nice too man it, it, i imagine that they will do something around the fence of the banfield that's going in but um have i told you the story by the way uh, of how i got this scar have i ever showed you that no that happened right over there are you, are you gonna show the yeah, people it, that are uh, you can't see it on screen, but it's a uh, five, six-inch thick scar 
that's uh, half an inch wide or so, and I got 22 staples right over there. So moved in on a Friday. This happens on a Sunday. And my idiot roommate challenged a former Arkansas State champion to a tennis match right on those tennis courts back there. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just sitting hanging out watching him because it was a Sunday afternoon. There was nothing better to do. Ball goes over the fence. Oh, I know so, where this is going. So I jump the fence to go get the ball. Fence gets stuck on my shorts. It comes down, snaps back up, just slices my arm wide open. It was so open that when I moved my fingers, you could see like my ligaments moving inside of my arm, right? So Gross. We, we rushed to the car, get in the car. The only thing my roommate had in his car were Budweiser pajama pants. So I wrapped my arm up in that, and they take me to the hospital. I had another cut. You see the small scar right there. That must have been the only thing that they saw was that. It didn't help also that my roommate was hitting on the pregnant nurse, asking her if dad is around. So so that didn't help uh, my cause at all. But I sat there for hours without them touching it. Nothing at all. So it started uh, scabbing over on the inside. Doctor finally comes in. We unwrap the pajama pants. And he looks at it, looks at me, looks at the nurse and says, we've got to hold him down. And I said, what? Grabbed me here, grabbed me there. He takes a towel and, and I mean, his arm was shaking, opened the entire thing back up and then stapled it together. Oh, I mean, he, he had to open the, cause it was, it was scabbing on the inside. So he, he goes, hold him down and they're holding me down and just opened it right back up and they stapled me up and yeah, got this, uh, Permanent scar. I can't commit any crimes because, you know, unless I got sleeves on, I guess, is the only way. Well, I lied to you. I said we were going to tell you about uh, Southern Miss baseball, but uh, instead Michael Borky wanted to give you his medical history. That sounds awful. I was screaming. It was horrible. Right over there, and that fence is still up somehow. Three-game series for Southern Miss tomorrow against Liberty at Pete Taylor Park. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll also peek on what happened last night in basketball. Mississippi State hosting Kentucky. It did not go the way of the maroon and white. Brad Henderson will stop by. Uh, Mike Clement and Carl Lafferty in the 5 o'clock hour. First hour in the books. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, live from Swayze in Oxford. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. It's going to get quieter, I promise. Supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, thanks for being with us. When Will East is in studio for Borky and he's spinning the records, oh, man. <laughs> well, back in black. Is that right, Will? Did I get that right or did I screw that up hey, like man, I always screw the music right. up? You got it right. There we go. Great to be with you this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi uh, from Swayze Field in Oxford. This is our season kickoff special slash celebration of a national championship show uh, I hope we get to do this again next year because two years in a row we've had a national championship in college baseball right here in the state of Mississippi, and so we have started the next season on that campus. We uh, we are glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort is the uh, home of 
Nancy Rabbit Golf Club, two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can book your tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Plan your trip there. That's dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. Check them out online at ceasefire.com slash business. Not Michael Borky beside me. He has stepped away. I think he's trying to pick the lock on the, uh, the ice cream box out there. <laughs> Brad Henderson, who, uh, we get to visit with throughout the course of the baseball season. He's always been incredibly generous with his time. Uh, and thanks for joining us today. It's here, man. Short summer, short off season because the season lasted a long time. We've rolled back around time for a new baseball season. Yeah, it's hard to believe. And, you know, for me, being a baseball guy, it just seems like it takes forever to get to this point. And then once you get to the season, it seems like the season just flies by. Uh, but, man, it's good to be back at Swayze. And, and obviously the guys are practicing behind us. But, uh, yeah, less than 24 hours now from first pitch. And, uh, you know, we'll roll it out there and, and see what we got. And by the time we get to 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon for first pitch, it's going to feel like baseball weather. Yeah, you were mentioning right, the golf. Front- a while ago, yeah. yeah. Today would have been a decent day to play golf. Tomorrow, not so much. Yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be chilly. I asked David Kellen this uh, a little while ago. I asked Mike Bianco this yesterday. I'll ask you after it all settled down, right? You, you get home from Omaha after that. That you guys were out there a long time. Um, the parade's over. The celebration is is kind of in the books, and you kind of get back to whatever normal life is for you. But you, for most people, it's like there's a moment somewhere along the way. You're like. Did that really happen? Like, like you kind of soak it in and you reflect. When, when did that happen for you? I don't know that it's happened yet, to really? be honest with you. Uh, it, it's still so fresh in, in my mind, uh, especially, obviously, Omaha. And, you know, we I, I came to practice yesterday and we were sitting in the dugout and and uh, we were talking about, you, you see on Twitter the clips, you know, three days left and it shows the back-to-back-to-back. Well, I can still remember vividly in my head, um, you know, almost verbatim that clip. And, and when I was talking to T.J. McCants about it because obviously his yeah. his was the one that started it, the two-run homer. And uh, I, I can just see him, you know, fist pump, pointing to the crowd. And I, we talked about that yesterday. And he said, yeah. I, I said, what was the point to the crowd? Were you pointing to Mallets who caught the ball? He said, no, I was pointing to the whatever students we had out there because he's so used to doing it at home so you know just so there were plenty of them oh there were plenty of them and uh, it was a tremendous crowd and you know as, as fans we're, we're always going to cherish that for, for this team you know starting at four o'clock tomorrow they've, they've got to turn it around and, and get ready for 2023 do you think that's hard I don't. Uh, I had this conversation with Mike, and I was able to listen to the show yesterday when in that first segment with Coach B. Uh, I think it was harder for them uh, because he talked about half the 20 of those guys had not been a part of that national championship, and they were very meticulous on when they were going to go to the governor's mansion, what football game they were going to celebrate it, because obviously half the team was not a part of that, but, uh, you know, like he said yesterday, August 20th or whatever day they came back, it, it was a new season, and I think as a player, you, you get ready to compete again. You enjoy it, and, and you have a good time getting to celebrate those moments, but, uh, you know, I, I think they put it past them, and, and and they know this is a new season, and, and they'll be ready to go. You talked about the back-to-back-to-back home runs. I've been in a lot of loud stadiums. It may have been a function of where I was sitting, because on that day I was kind of underneath the overhang on the first base side, right there in the middle of what was the Ole Miss, it was the Ole Miss section. But, I mean, the whole stadium kind <laughs> sure. of was. But, you know, where there was a – it was nothing but Ole Miss people in that particular section. And it's like because I was under the overhang, it just reverberated. And I'm like – 
I mean, there are only 24,000 people here. Like, like it's a big crowd for baseball, but I've been to Bryant-Denny, and I've been to Tiger Stadium, I've been at Vaught-Hemingway when it's loud, and I've been to um, to Davis-Wade when they got the cowbells going, and it's really, really rock. It's as loud a moment as I can remember, and it just kind of built on top of itself. Yeah, it did. It was electric. And unless you were there, there's really no way to describe it because you have anybody from four years old to, to – 94 years old were jumping up and down like a like a high school kid and, and crying and, and hugging and showers and uh, it's one of those moments that I will never forget and you know you hope you get to see it again as an Ole Miss fan I don't know that we'll ever see the way they did it you know being 7 and 14 at one point in the league and, and just the remarkable ending they had uh, but but I was so happy for Mike and and obviously super happy for my counterpart David who's been doing this for over forty years yeah. for, for him to get to have a moment like that and uh, you know it's just it was a surreal moment that uh, Ole Miss fans will certainly cherish forever. People have asked David about his call right and he he was telling that story a little while ago said you know I had people that I or colleagues like hey have you scripted something out and he just went with natural but then you, you let it breathe for a second. But then you dropped the line in there. When you listened back to it, did, did you like what you said? Are you are you proud that it came out the way that it? Yeah, did? you know we were so caught up in the moment, and obviously as a color guy, you got to be quiet, right? That's that's a hundred percent, David. And we'll, our kids, kids will always hear that call. You know, we'll be gone, yeah. dead and gone, and, and you'll always remember he struck him out on a breaking ball. Ole Miss is the national champions. You know, we'll we'll always remember that, and we'll always remember it in DK's voice. Uh, but yeah, it was just a uh, again a surreal moment i keep saying that but it, I, I don't want to be the dead horse but so so this is like broadcast me that is i i liked what you said and i heard so many say from last in to last out and it's like hold on no no they weren't out like like there was never a last out and you said from last in to last one standing, standing. which right. i thought that that's perfect so you nailed it. Well, I, I don't know about that. No, but, I, mean, uh, I thought it was perfect. Yeah, you let it breathe the right amount of time, and then yeah, just kind of from a broadcasting standpoint, you get very high marks on that. One. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. So. Uh, maybe we can do it again, huh? Yeah, that would uh, that'd be uh, a lot of fun. No, no question. Um, this team you got Hunter Elliott running out tomorrow in game one, and then a new face in Grayson Sonier mm-hmm. in uh, game two, and then you get to game three and uh, another new face in Xavier Rivas. What are we going to see this weekend on the mound? Well, obviously, you know, we we all kind of hope to expect what, what we expected at the end of last year from Hunter. I mean, he, he was special, obviously, and he just got that mentality of, of I'm just going to get you out. Here it is. And, uh, you know, I think he's developed a little bit better off-speed pitch. He was more of a fastball changeup guy last year. Um, so, so obviously, we, we look for Hunter to build on that and, and with, a, with a year of experience under his belt now. And Grayson Sonia is special. Uh, I haven't heard the coaches talk about many uh, arms like they've talked about Grayson. Now, Hunter was one of those guys last year, but they kind of had to, you know, get him in at certain times. You know, he didn't start really pitching on the weekends till about midway through the yeah. through the conference, and, and Delusia as well, but Grayson Sonia is special, and he's got the same mentality of Hunter. It's just, can, can, he, can he hone it in, uh, running out under the lights on Saturday, and uh, just trusting his stuff. At some point for all these new guys, 
you know, it clicks when the game starts to slow down. So you, you hope he goes out there and doesn't try and do too much in his first outing as a Rebel. And then Xavier Rivas, I, I think they're expecting uh, big things out of the left-hander. Uh, obviously, he's pitched in college before uh, and, and was a, a, a good transfer that they picked up, had really good numbers. The good thing for me about uh, Xavier is he had a really good outing Sunday in his last uh, inter-squad game. So, obviously, they just need to get some innings under their belt and, and get off to a good start. Transfer portal has changed college sports across the board. Baseball is not exempt from that. But in the past, you, you lose a guy at Tim Elko at first base. Either you have somebody that's been playing behind him that you're hopeful can can fill shoes. Maybe even if they don't fill it exactly, can be productive. Or you're going to rely on an incoming player, either freshman or Juco, who has never had to stand in the bright lights. That's different now, whereas you've you got a guy like first base particularly. Calarco is going to start at first base. This guy was the best player on Northwestern's team. And, and so you get an experienced college baseball player. Will he be Tim Elko? Probably not. I, I don't know that we're going to see another Tim Elko in the next 50 years in Ole Miss baseball. But you got a guy with some experience. Yeah, it's it's. I think they plugged uh, really well the holes they needed to fill. Uh, Clarko being one of them, Groff in center field, and, and Leger playing third base. Uh, obviously, we lost three really good ones in bench. Elko. You and, got time and to Grant. hang for another? Second? Yeah, you bet. Let, let's pick that up in a second. We'll talk about some of the new faces. We'll talk about the offense a little bit, and uh, maybe dive into the SEC and get Brad's perspective on uh, what we're going to see in the league. Newsflash: It's going to be good. Sports Talk Mississippi, <laughs> streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and the Pearl River Resort with you on this Thursday afternoon on the eve of the start of a new college baseball season. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, the 16th of February, alongside... Michael Borky, who's just off the camera, can't quite see him right now. Brad Henderson is uh, joining us for previewing this uh, 2023 Ole Miss baseball season. College baseball begins tomorrow. Sounds so good. Uh, do, you, do you have trouble going to sleep tonight? Uh, like Christmas I, Eve for you? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of giddy all day, and uh, you know, I've got some friends who have kids that, that are pitching in college, and they were getting on the road to go to, yeah. to go watch them. A guy I work with, obviously, he's got a son that pitches at Mississippi State, so he was headed to Starville. So it was a lot of baseball time. One lot of work. Might, or might not be starting. He tomorrow. will be the starting pitcher tomorrow uh, in Starville, but uh, you know, we didn't get much work done today. We talked baseball most of the day. I'm not mad at you for that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe your boss is, but that's all right. We'll. we'll We'll worry about that another day. Um, so we're talking about the transfer portal and guys coming in and kind of uh, hurried through that. 
What have you seen from Anthony Clarko specifically at first base? Yeah, he's special. Obviously, he didn't he, he didn't do anything in the fall, yep. and they knew that when they signed him. He had had a he had had a, uh, an injury that he had sustained at Northwestern, but uh, they were really high on him. Uh, he, he just a big physical kid. Obviously, Tim was as well, but uh, Anthony is he's athletic, uh, and he's going to swing the bat. Obviously, his numbers at Northwestern were were really good, and he's fit in really well so far with the team. Um, and I, like I said earlier before we went on break, it, it's the the plug and play. I, I, I think they're excited about him, and obviously that was a, a hole we needed to fill. Ethan Groff in center field is one of the more fascinating transfers, I think, in all of college baseball. You're talking about a guy that was hitting over 400 when he was injured at Tulane before. A lot of experience. And that's a good baseball program at Tulane. I mean, it's not an SEC program, but they've played high-level baseball, postseason-type baseball there for a really long time. This is not a guy that was, you know, at a, at a small Division II school or an NAI school or, frankly, with no disrespect intended, even a Big Ten school like, like Kalarka. He's going to step in and be the everyday center fielder and to me, he looks more like a true outfielder than Ole Miss has had in a while. Yeah. Well, and he's a difference maker. Uh, he, he's not just a, well, let's put him out there and, and hope he performs on the SEC stage. This kid's a difference maker. He's athletic. He can steal bases. He's going to hit for a little bit of power, and he's going to run everything down. And he's a leader, you know, and you, and you, you kind of wonder who's going to step in that role, uh, and it's – Typically not a transfer guy, but uh, he, he's a baseball player, and he's going to be fun to watch. He's going to lead off, um, and he needs to be good in that position. He's got some really good guys behind him. Obviously, he's got the protection of Gonzo, who will probably hit the two-hole tomorrow behind him. Uh, but he, he's a special player, and, and we're fortunate to have picked him up. And you mentioned Leger at third base, uh, another transfer. Did I say that right? Yeah. Leger. 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 Uh, what are you? What's almost getting there? Yeah, uh, transfer from Delgado. Uh, they've they've been high on him for a long time, and obviously we lose bench there, so that was another hole we needed to fill, and and he's filled it uh, extremely well all fall. He and he and Groff both swung it extremely well in the fall, and you, you know there was no. Uh, you, you always get worried about uh, it being too big, you know, coming to a new team in a stadium like this, and they fit right in, and he he swung the bat really well, so. You know, it, it may take them a few games to get acclimated, um, uh, but it, when it's all said and done, they're going to hit in the heart of our order and, and be a big part uh, of the success or lack of uh, this Ole Miss 2023 team. Big picture thought on the SEC. And, I mean, it would be really easy to say, oh, the SEC is going to be good again, which we, we think it is. But you you look at LSU number 1 recruiting class in the country number 1 transfer portal class in the country their opening day starter is a preseason all-american and Paul Skeens they got talent all over the place you look at Arkansas and they were in the college world series and if they beat Ole Miss they probably win a national championship instead of the rebels a, a year ago uh, they do lose Jackson Wiggins at the front end of the rotation. People think Alabama's taking a step forward. Auburn was in the College World Series. Mississippi State's two years removed from winning a national championship. I mean, we're just talking about the West. Yeah, and you didn't mention A and M. You know who who was in the World Series oh, yeah. as well. So it's a dogfight. And if you look at our schedule, um, that 
the front the front six weekends are just a a gauntlet. But obviously, at the end of the year, you'll look back and say every weekend was a gauntlet, right? It's, it, it boils down to who plays well at, at that time. But you're right. You know, we go to Vandy to start off, and you know, uh, get Arkansas at home, we get LSU at home, we go to Startville. Uh, we get, I mean, it's just a gauntlet. Uh, but it always is. And and you talk about LSU and how good they are, and and obviously they picked up some key pieces as well. But the team behind us got the number two recruiting class in the country so you know it's it is what it is and that's the beauty of college baseball and that's the beauty of sec baseball uh and, and that's why you know we'll have 10 or twelve thousand here is because they want to watch the best baseball in the country so it, it's just going to it, it already has lined up to be another phenomenal season and uh you know, we'll see where the chips fall, but, uh, you know, I, I do like the team behind us. You know, there was a uh, – and it's happened a couple of times. You've got 13 softball-playing schools in the SEC. Vanderbilt doesn't have a softball team. And we've seen a couple of years where all 13 SEC schools got into the NCAA tournament. I don't think we're to a point where all 14 baseball programs can get in. But when you think about Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league after next season, I mean, are, is it crazy if we get to a spot where – 12 of the 16 get in? I don't think so. And you look at the World Series last year with Texas and Oklahoma both in the World Series. If if that already been in the league, you're talking six of the eight that would have made up the, the field of uh, the World Series. So, you know, it, it's just it, it's an incredible league. We have incredible fans. Uh, and, and we have the best coaches, uh, in the country as well. So it's just a perfect storm when you put it all together. And, you know, I'm giddy just talking about it because again, we're, we're less than 24 hours away. We have made it to, uh, to the start and, uh, can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming by. Always good. Are we, we're going to be good for Friday afternoon. Yeah. I hope so, Rich. Year? I hope so. For, if you'll have me on, park. I'd love to come. Absolutely. You bet. you bet we'll have you on. We'll have a lot of fun. We're good with that on scheduling, Borky. Borky said we're good, so (laughs) boss signed off on it. Thanks for stopping by. You bet. Brad Henderson, who is the color analyst on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield, he'll be alongside David Kellum uh, tomorrow afternoon. I wasn't even looking at the clock. We've got like three minutes left. There is one thing we need to check in on, and, Will, you may have to help me on this as well. I, I understand that we've got some pretty severe weather situations that are happening in Mississippi because of how we're set up today and with some of the guests that we've had lined up. I've not been as locked in on either Twitter or uh, you know your messages. Uh, Will, do we have severe weather updates that we need to pass along that you've got access to? Yeah, there's been there was a tornado watch that just was canceled for the Startville area. Uh, right now, you're seeing just a huge line of uh, thunderstorms that are kind of coming through. Uh, we got a tornado watch that's in effect for Smith and Winston counties and a few other counties, Forest and Lamar County. There's a tornado watch there again. Watch is different from warning watches the conditions are right for it warning is hey there's one possibly going to be forming soon so a couple tornado watches throughout of course we got the um the uh alert service going off on several stations if you're in that area so just listen for that all right so only one tornado warning that is active and it is in the process of expiring right now and that was for itawamba and monroe counties as well around tremont Uh, that area yeah yeah uh, so kind of to the, the south of Tupelo, uh, east-central Mississippi, kind of working up to the northeast corner of the state and then really stretching all the way back down, kind of diagonally from the northeast corner to the southwest corner. That's where this line of storms is right now. And it, and it moved through Oxford where we were. It was about one thirty, And the crazy thing about it, it's a little bit wider than it was now. 
it came through and it was like biblical rain. So hard you couldn't see, wind blew, yeah. and it was gone in about 10 minutes. I mean, it, it literally was that fast as it came through. And then, you know, a little bit of rain that went along with this. The, the entire front has kind of thickened and widened a little bit, so you're going to have a little longer with rain. Uh, keep it locked in. You will hear the emergency alert system on your local Super Talk Mississippi station if you're dealing with a watch or a warning in your area, and we'll try to keep up with these if any new warnings pop up as well throughout the course of the afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. You can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line. You didn't know you were going to get Jim Cantori in here, did you? <laughs> hey, I like that segment, though. Yeah. It, and it did come through at one thirty. Couldn't see, driving. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so stay safe. I was coming through the square. It was kind of making my – I was like, wait, where did it – because it was just out of nowhere. It was like sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle downpour <laughs> and then like five minutes later it was like oh it's not even oh there's the sun wow yeah. we just got blue skies yeah, again. it's gonna bring the cold weather too yeah uh, that's the that's the other thing on the back side of this is uh, you've got a cold front coming in what's the high temperature tomorrow i think the high tomorrow is in the low 40s uh Nothing low tomorrow baseball weather like the low 40s no and you know it's funny i, I talked to clem about it the other day and he said the, the beauty of that is because it's going to warm up saturday and sunday is the the They'll be so energetic anyway that the yeah. players, you know, have a lot of juice running through them. You get through the first problem, and then it starts to warm up, and you're like, oh, man, it's so warm compared <laughs> to yesterday. This is great. Uh, great to visit with you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, RC. Brad Henderson uh, joining us here at Swayze Field. Michael Borky will slide back in next. We're going to talk with Mike Clement and uh, Carl Lafferty in the 5 o'clock hour. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Appreciate Brad Henderson stopping by, spending a uh, about half an hour with us, talking some college baseball, some old Miss baseball as we get set for the start of the new year. Broadcasting today live from Swayze Field in Oxford. It's our season preview show and our national championship kind of commemoration show as well. If you want to be part of the conversation, we would love to hear from you. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Dwayne watching and listening in Brandon said, Richard put a jacket on, has the weather uh, started getting cold. It, it's not cold yet. You can feel that the temperature is starting to drop. It's Mississippi cold. Dwayne, so I said to Houston in the break a second ago when I grabbed my jacket, I said, you know, there was a time where I could feel it getting cold, and I would like stay in whatever I was wearing until I couldn't handle it anymore. Because it's like, okay, that's going to make the jacket more effective. Like if I put it on because I'm cold, nope, not anymore. I'm not waiting to get cold anymore. I think it's like old age and thin blood or something. I'm going to now try to preemptively avoid getting cold. So, yeah, threw the uh, threw the jacket on uh, just a little while ago. 
Uh, Chase and Amory asked a question. Borky, I, I don't know your thoughts on this, talking about Ole Miss. Who do you think closes games this year? Is it Doherty? Because he's not going to be a weekend starter, which I was curious about. Not, not initially. Not initially. Things could change. I mean, it's funny. I, I got asked last night, with the portal additions, do you think Ole Miss can, can improve from last year? And I laughed and I said, well, you should hope so because they were the last team in in the tournament. I mean, the regular season Ole Miss baseball team was not good. And they won the national championship. So, yes, they can improve on, on last year's regular season. Of course they can because – Generally speaking, yeah. Ole Miss under Ole Miss baseball under Mike Bianco has not been a last team in kind of team. They're usually posting or more comfortable. But uh, I was surprised to not see him, especially with what was it five no hit innings in the national championship series. Maybe he is going to be a valuable bullpen piece, though. I, I thought that he would be a guy that would make the weekend rotation to start, and he didn't. You know, Mike Bianco has always placed a premium on having a guy that he can hand the ball to on Friday night after his ace gives him five and two-thirds, six and a third, that can go finish the game. Yeah, end it. And that's what Jack Doherty brings, right? I mean, and then maybe you can pitch him again a second time on the weekend, and and maybe you can't. And, And if you can't, you're like, oh, well, did you waste him by only being able to, well, did you win on Friday night? Did you get a good enough performance from yeah. your starter, or, or maybe not a good enough performance from your starter, but you were able to hand the ball to somebody in the fourth inning or the fifth inning, and they finished the game? Or they got you to the ninth inning where you handed it off to whoever's going to close? So so I do think there's some value in that. But I completely get it if you look at Jack Doherty and you're like, man, you sure you don't want to start that guy? What's funny about all of this in this conversation is how little pressure there is. And not just like pressure on a coach and a job, but we talked about this a few weeks ago. And I mean, I interact with Ole Miss fans on a daily basis, whether it be on Twitter or friends or neighbors, all that stuff. And everybody's excited about this baseball season. So I'm not saying nobody's excited. Everybody's excited, but it's a different excitement. There's not, oh, I hope this happens. Or they really need to host a regional, or this guy better be good, or else it's like, eh, we'll see. Yeah, it's 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 a much more it's relaxed fan base um, going into this season, and you know people are wondering, or at least again, I got asked last night about, well, do you think the team like might have some kind of national championship hangover? How can I answer that question? I have no idea what that answer is going to be, and I think people are scarred from what happened to State last year, which is why fans are asking, you know, will they be hungover? What's going to happen? Mississippi State didn't have a national championship hangover last year. They had eight injuries to pitchers that were significant, and then at some point along the way, the lack of ability to close a game or get a good starting performance started to affect its offense, and then it was just, it, it spun out of control. Yeah, That wasn't a national championship hangover. That was a season with terrible luck where the pieces turned out not to be maybe quite as good in some areas as you thought they were going to be. They lost some important pieces off a team that had won it all, and they just had a bad year. I don't think that was a hangover, though. It's easy to happen in the SEC, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, mistakes get get compounded or or injuries get compounded so much here. Like, even LSU. Uh, So LSU, uh, 
had an injury on the mound. Arkansas had an injury on the mound, and missing just one guy could change the dynamics of their entire season despite how talented they are. It's totally different. I put a poll out on Twitter. want your thoughts on it while you and Brad were talking. Elementary question, but it's still an interesting one to me. Tougher league, SEC football, SEC baseball. SEC baseball. Why? Depth. Because in football, you've got Vanderbilt, you've got Missouri. Kentucky's Missouri went to a bowl be- game. Missouri went to a bowl game. Um, Kentucky at one Kentucky's point was better. ranked in the top ten last yeah. year. In baseball, how many of those do you have? Is it one? Missouri. Because, you know, Alabama hasn't been good forever, but people expect them to be really good this year. They've got a high-end... Uh, a bunch of guys coming back. They've got good players on the mound. All this stuff. Like, even Alabama, who's been a perpetual doormat, a at least. bad Missouri baseball team won 10 conference games last year. Beat Mississippi State and Starkville. They, 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 did. they won 10 SEC games out of their... They won a third of their league games last year. And everybody's excited to play Missouri because they yeah. get some wins. I mean, it doesn't work like that. Kentucky tried their darndest to kind of put it together at the end of the season... To get into the tournament, they they just didn't. Yeah, hey, Kentucky, they win two out of three or sweep Auburn last year. Don't remember, but they played pretty good baseball down down the stretch. South Carolina wasn't very good. South Carolina won two out of three against Ole Miss, didn't they? I believe so. And so did Mississippi State. We get this message here. Even with all the injuries in a bad year, they still took two of three from Little Brother in Oxford. I I will push back on on one thing. Yes, recently Mississippi State has owned, absolutely owned Ole Miss. You can't call somebody Little Brother after a year where you finish last in the league and they win the national championship. Can't do it. I know what happened in the series, but you can't do that after your Little Brother, Little Brother, wins the national championship, and you finished last in the conference. You cannot use that phrase for a year. Like th- That is my sentence. I am the judge. You can't say that after that happens. But can't may- do it. But maybe to your overall point, even the last place team in the SEC took two of three from the, from national, the national champion State. a year ago. So you, yep. you want to talk about depth throughout the league. I mean, there yeah. it was. I mean, there, there's yeah. another example uh, for you. So... Interesting question. To me, the answer is baseball, though, and and it's not even close. You know what? The uh, wild card, uh, I'm cheating because I didn't ask. The answer is softball. Mm. Soft, softball is tougher than football and baseball if you if you really think about it. But, I mean, the, the West this year, it's uh, we brought it up last week or two weeks ago, but the SEC West has the reigning national champion, the 2021 national champion, Four Omaha participants from last year, and the number one recruiting and portal class. That's a consensus preseason number one yeah. horse in uh, in LSU. Another team's going to be really good this year: Southern Miss Golden Eagles with uh, with Scott Barry. They begin their season tomorrow afternoon, four o'clock, with a three game series against Liberty. This is year one in the Sun Belt Conference for uh, for Southern Miss baseball. And it should be a lot of fun. So three games set with Liberty games at 4-4 and then 11-30 on Sunday. Midweek with New Orleans, then a three-game series with Illinois before playing Mississippi State in Pearl on February 28th. That's a uh, that's a Tuesday night game. You, you can't talk about Southern Miss without first talking about pitching 
at least at the front of the rotation, because they lost a ton off that staff. Hurston Waldrop transfers to Florida. A bunch of guys go in the draft. But Tanner Hall's back, and that makes you feel really, really good about how the rotation begins. Oh, it, it absolutely has to. And uh, Is it weird that even though, yes, they lose a starter to the portal, he went to Florida, good player, all that, I am far less worried about Southern Miss on the mound than maybe some people are? Um, it's just no, relative. I mean, if you, it's if you consistent trust Oz, every single no year. Not I mean, to, yeah. yeah. And... and Speaking of conversations I had last night, wow, I was really busy last night as it turns out. Um, <laughs> why has he not gotten the big-time gig? And now I'm not trying trying to take a coach away from Southern Miss. I would love for Southern Miss to have great coaches forever, but he is an assistant. I imagine, maybe I'm wrong, there's aspirations to be a head coach. Why has that, that the bigger job? Because apparently he's turned down some lesser jobs. Why hasn't the big job come calling for a guy like him yet? All he does is produce. Every year, Southern Miss has great pitchers. Talking about Christian Ostrander, pitching coach at Southern Miss. Um, I think he's turned down some opportunities to be a pitching coach or an assistant coach at some some really big programs. There are a couple of things. One, he really likes Hattiesburg. They're, they're, they're happy there. I'm talking about head coach, though. No, I understand that. He also really likes Scott Berry, and I think Oz is smart enough to know that if Scott Berry doesn't do this forever, that that will be his job, and maybe that's a job that he really, really likes. How soon that is, I, I got no idea. And if the right job comes along, wouldn't be surprised at all to see him take a swing at it. Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's talk a little bit about Mississippi State and Kentucky from last night in hoops when we come back to wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. Richard Cross and Michael Borky, Brian Haydad out until Monday. Let's talk some hoops from last night in Starkville. You can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 9,297. Humphrey Kyle will see him look great. White out last night. Sounded white, great. White t-shirts. It was loud. It looked good. All the things for Mississippi State fans that needed to happen happened last night. Mississippi State didn't play its best basketball game. They've been playing really good basketball as of late. By the way, the overhit, just in case you were sorry, hey, Dad, um, did not play their best basketball last night. So let's look at some of the numbers. They got whooped on the glass. That's the two stats that stand out. They got whooped on the glass. 18 offensive rebounds for not, Kentucky. Not whipped, but whooped. Whooped. 18 offensive rebounds for Kentucky. Ooh. That is unfathomable. And they took 23-point shots. Almost half of Mississippi State shots were from behind the arc. A notoriously bad three-point shooting team settled for 
oftentimes contested outside shots. Kentucky had 18 offensive rebounds. Mississippi State had 22 total rebounds. Yeah, just got healed on the glass. Uh, Just... And that was the difference. Those two things uh, were your basketball game. They got killed on the glass. A lot of people are talking about the, the no-call traveling. I don't know if you saw that. It should have been called. State it fans have, are justifiably yeah. very mad about that. You should be. But when yep. you give up 18 offensive boards, it, it, it's hard to hard to blame the refs for that. Yeah. Um, free throw shooting was okay. I mean, somebody talked about free throws. Uh, yeah, 14 of 19. I mean, Critical ones. Yeah, it's seventy four percent from the line. You'll uh, take that though, and, and you know, especially with where they were earlier in the season. Kentucky was fifteen or twenty. So Kentucky shot forty five percent from the field. They were six of twenty from three, which was the same number as Mississippi State. Six of twenty from three, but you compare that to being six of ten from three in the previous game, and it's a pretty yeah. stark difference. Tolu Smith goes for twenty two points. Uh, but he had only five rebounds, 14 for Shaquille Moore, 13 for Deshaun Davis. Kentucky did a really good job on 11 Smith. 11 for but Cam Matthews. Uh, another stat that stands out, how many shots Smith took? Oh, yeah. Let's see. The uh, nine? You think nine. it should be more than that? He, he made eight of nine. Only took nine shots. Yeah. That And Kentucky did a really good job of limiting entry passes state right now doesn't have the the i don't think they have a point guard that that you need to to really force the issue with a guy like Smith. I don't think they had somebody that could consistently find ways to get him the basketball on the block and Kentucky defended it really well, but he's got to get it more than 9 shots, especially when he's making 8 of them. Oscar Shibway, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 7 of those on the offensive glass. That was in 32 minutes. Um you know, a good night for Shibway. Jacob Toppin had 16 points. Antonio Reeves had 14. Chris Livingston had 13. So big picture. Maybe that's maybe that's where we should go. What yeah. does this mean, big picture, for Mississippi State? Doesn't really change anything, but it does narrow their margin of error. Joe Lenardi's still yeah. got him in the field. They're still in. And can't lose to Ole Miss Saturday. Right. Can't lose to... Vanderbilt can't lose to South Carolina, I mean, but we knew that already, right? Yeah, in in terms of net ranking, Mississippi State was at forty going into last night's game, and they dropped to forty four. They just swapped places with Kentucky. Kentucky goes yeah. from forty four to forty. It was a big win for Kentucky. Oh, it absolutely is, and and based on Lunardi, gets Kentucky back in the field. What we got to remember though, with the whole in the field, out of the field, on the bubble, next four in, last four in, all this, it's right now, it's today. Yeah. That's not projecting. That's based on where you are today. And you got five games left in the regular season. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. That That's what's left. Got to win four of them? Uh, I don't get, know. Get to nine conference wins? If, if on the road against Missouri is one of those, maybe you can get to three. Okay. Maybe. But then one of the losses would then become Ole Miss or Vanderbilt or South Carolina. Or Texas A&M. Or Texas A&M. I mean, if you beat Missouri and Ole Miss and Vanderbilt and South Carolina and lose to Texas A&M, well, I guess that's 4-1 and one in that stretch, isn't it? Yeah, then you're in. I mean, it's they still control their own destiny. I, I did see some they, people... They don't need to lose to Missouri on the road and Texas A&M at home. No, that might end it for them. You've got to win one of those two. Yeah. 
I think, and then win the other three as well. It's pretty so, simple. Yeah, I mean that's that is four and one down the stretch. So we'll uh, we'll they see. They can do that too. It's but there's no margin for error in a sport famously filled with error. Yeah. And it makes Saturday big, right? I mean, it hasn't been a good Ole Miss team. They go on the road to Florida last night. They get beat by 15. It's going to be a home game, in-state rival, atmosphere, and yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, big one on Saturday. Really big one on Saturday for Mississippi State. 5 o'clock hour coming up. College football fix and a whole lot more with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk. Mississippi. Five o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. And of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations across the great state of Mississippi. With Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Brian Haydad is off for the rest of the week. Thanks to Houston and Alex, who's around here somewhere. I think she's tucked away out there uh, for their help. And, she's uh, reading the synopsises or synopses yeah. of every single bill. In the legislature. She has to. That's what I learned. 144 pages worth of bills, I think she told me she had to read. Yeah. Is that really in her is Yep, because they got to track them and figure out which ones are, are, you know, you got to cover and follow. And uh, the sports betting one is not one worth covering or following because it's forming a committee to gather information to possibly have a bill next year so anyway but yeah that's that's what she's doing up there god bless her good good for her so uh, houston alex here thanks uh, to them and thanks to will east for sliding into michael borky's chair in the uh, studio in jackson we're coming to you from the pearl river resort studio pearl river resort is the home of the sports book at the golden moon casino visit them online at pearlriverresort.com for a yeah, like all the information about all the things that are happening at Pearl River Resort, whether you're talking about the sports book or poker tournaments or restaurant guides or upcoming events or golf at Dancing Rabbit, it's all there online at PearlRiverResort.com. You can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 95cspire.com. That's where you go to get the best deals on both wireless devices and wireless plans. Cspire.com. All right, let's uh, let's get to the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. This is Truck Month, Mississippi, which can mean great savings. It also means new vehicles arriving daily. So you can get into a Ford truck like the F-150 or the Ford Super Duty, the all-new Ford Super Duty. Or if you're looking for a pickup, check out the Ranger or the Maverick. You can test drive one all across the board at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. We told you this earlier. We'll give you the full list. Now, SEC football media days, July 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th from Music City. Nashville is the home this year for SEC media days. 
We will start things off on Monday, July 17th uh, at about lunchtime with a State of the League address from Greg Sankey. We are all rich. Thank you. Well, he would not be lying if that's... You know, hey, Texas and Oklahoma are here. That's great. We've already talked about that. Sorry, Ross. You're probably watching. Um, other than you, the rest of you are pumped. See you next year. Like, yeah. I just did a speech for him. Okay. That's simple. You, you did not invoke any famous musicians. No U2 quotes in there. No U2 quotes in there. Although, Bono, Bono's a piece of work, but... Uh, no, I imagine that address is going to be pretty simplistic, other than he's probably going to talk about Congress again, which that's exciting. He's going to highlight all the championships that uh, were won by the SEC in the previous year. There will be many. Talk about the excitement for a new football season, some of the individual accomplishments of student-athletes across the SEC, uh, the new scheduling model that surely will have been announced by then. Hey, all the, He's going to play yeah, the hits. Of course. So that'll be Greg Sankey. And then... We will get uh, three coaches on that first day. Brian Kelly of LSU, Eli Drinkwitz from Mizzou, and Jimbo Fisher. Those three on the first day. You're trying not to make an Eli Drinkwitz joke right now, aren't you? I'm trying not to. Also, remember Bobby Petrino got hired to be the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M? That is a thing that happened. I am aware. I can never and will never be able to get the image of him in the neck brace with the beat up red face out of my out of my head. Never will. Are you trying to see who was testing? Did you hear testing? Yeah, testing? I heard yeah, that. that, was, that was, I think they were checking out the PA system. Uh, it confused me a little bit. But yeah, I'll never get that image out of my head. I saw a great Photoshop. You, think it was, br- you don't think he's bruised anymore? I don't think so. Uh, ego maybe having to work for Jimbo Fisher, but I, I saw a great Photoshop of uh, it was him in his neck brace, but the head was Revely. It was Revely's head on. <laughs> wow. Uh, Good stuff. Tuesday, Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. That means Hugh Freeze, Kirby Smart, Zach Arnett, and Clark Lee. Poor Clark Lee's going to be an afterthought. I mean, they always are, but especially that day. I mean, you've got the reigning national champion. You've got a brand-new head coach at Mississippi State. And, oh, by the way, Hugh Freeze. And then you. Yeah. He'll get to go quick in and out. I mean, they'll just do the obligations, and, and that's it for him, but... You know, I'm curious to see how that goes for Hugh. Because his last media days, he filibustered. Talked about this. Man, it's going to be softballs. It's going to be nothing but softballs. I mean, unless Dan Wolken gets on, like, some moral high horse and, you know, wants to ask a question, there there will be no drama with Hugh Freeze at media days. None. None. There should be. There should be. And by drama, I mean just asking appropriate questions. Not What do you want to ask him at this point that he hasn't answered? Well, nobody asked him at his press conference about sending messages to um, alleged victims of uh, sexual assault at his campus. Nobody okay. asked him about that. Things like that. Um, well, you might get a few of those from national guys. I think you're going to. And Auburn will prep him, and he will probably have a good answer. And so far, he's behaved himself on Twitter. So, it will be uncomfortable, because it needs to be uncomfortable. Because his presence in the SEC is uncomfortable. This is the first time he's in that setting since 
he had to resign in shame from Ole Miss. I, I think that can't just go smoothly. It shouldn't just go smoothly. I, I know it was a long time ago. I get it. But this is still the first time he's in this setting since then. And his departure from Ole Miss, a member institution who will also be participating in this event, who he will be playing against on the field, spent years reeling from his time at Ole Miss. And it's just, it should be a little bit different than another new hire. Hold on, the, the last time he was at Media Days, there was that weird kind of, Half-cocked press release that circulated. He, he filibustered. No, 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 but it was... Yeah, he went. He went, and he talked on the podium for 30 minutes. That was when the whole phone records it was right started happening. Yeah, because remember, like everybody was around was talking about it. You had... Story's going to drop. Story's going to drop. What story? I, there's there's going to be a story that's going to drop. Mm-hmm. And everybody was talking about it, but nobody said what it was. He filibustered, got out of there, and it was like two days later, boom, story drops. So they didn't do it when it happened there. But it's going, it should be unique. It should be unique because he is now representing another SEC school after last time being there, tearing one down. Wait, he went to SEC Media Days as the head coach of Ole Miss, but then did not coach that season. That's correct. I've forgotten about that. That is correct. Matt Luke coached that season and did admirably for all the jokes about the, the Matt Luke tenure mm. at Ole Miss. That was a heck of a coaching job that he did that year just to keep a team together. Uh, I don't know how you do that, uh, considering, again, like you said, their coach went to Media Days in July talking about the season that he never coached in. On Wednesday, Nick Saban, Sam Pittman, Billy Napier, and Mark Stoops will be there. So you got Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky. And then we'll wrap it up on Thursday with Lane Kiffin, Shane Beamer, and Josh Heupel. Remember, this is in Nashville. So you got Tennessee on the last day. That's kind of like putting Auburn on the last day when the event is in Birmingham, which we, we yeah. saw on the, uh, on the Pretty regular. Much. Uh, you got Tennessee on the, the last day, really keeping the, the local folks around Lane Kiffin, who I think has got ties to Tennessee, if I remember correctly. Uh, so those same media people will stay around for that angle, that story, uh, and Shane Beamer from uh, South Carolina. So that will be the last uh, day of SEC football media days. And, of course, that is in July, the 17th through the 20th of July. Looking forward to it. Truly. It'll be a minute, but it'll, it'll get here be quickly. a while. But but we've got a fascinating year in the SEC. They always are, but this one especially. Bobby Petrino at Texas A and M. Will Jimbo give him full autonomy? Uh, new coordinators in Alabama. Who's going to play quarterback? Nobody that's taken a meaningful snap, as you said earlier this week. Uh, new coordinator at Georgia, replacing a quarterback at, at Georgia, replacing a quarterback at Florida, replacing a quarterback at Kentucky, possibly replacing a quarterback at Ole Miss, new head coach at Mississippi State. You've got storyline after storyline after storyline this year that we didn't have the last couple of years. Not like this. Continuing with you, it is our opening weekend preview show and also national championship celebration. We visited with David Kellum in the first hour of the show. Brad Henderson stopped by. We're going to chat with uh, Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement coming up in this 5 o'clock hour of the show as well. With Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back. 
Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, the eve of a new college baseball season. Happy to be joined by Mike Clement on the Farm Bureau guest line, although that's actually right here in person inside the home ballpark, Swayze Field. He is, of course, the hitting coach and the third base coach, and uh, he's a national championship assistant coach, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard too. Uh, just in, enjoy. congratulations on that. Thank you. Enjoyed the ride. Uh, can't believe it's a quick off season, but that's what you want. And, uh, and here we are, ready to kick it off and try to climb that mountain again. Yeah, it does make for a shorter off season, but I'm assuming it's a trade off that as a baseball coach you're willing to make every year. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, perfectly just sign fine me with up that. For... I have, uh, listened to your show when I come home from practice on the way home. I assume that you have mentioned it. Most days, right? Not not as many days as Hey Dad did last year. That right. was a thing where it was an every single day thing that I heard about. So and, uh, so I listened a lot more this fall, winter, and and spring. I got a little tired of it last year, and so you know, clicked on some music or something else uh, last last year as I was driving home. Hey Alex, you tell Laugh he can come on in. We'll just we'll move everything for him. We'll rearrange stuff. We'll make sure that uh, you know it doesn't mess up the video stream. We'll get in here and snuggle. Kind of, kind of some tight quarters here in the visiting uh, radio booth. But uh, there we go. Just do live radio. Why not? Uh, good to be with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, this afternoon. So, if you're watching on Super Talk TV, immediately to my right, Mike Clement, and uh, to his right, Carl Lafferty. You guys, between the two of you, you're closing in on a head of hair. Oh come on! <laughs> Listen, I between cut, the two of you, I cut mine this way. Okay. God did that to him. Yes. God did. He did. Three beautiful children. You do have three baseball. beautiful children, beautiful wife, great family. That's right. There's a lot of good, right? A lot of good. So if you got to sacrifice hair, you're, you're okay with it. I am. I am. What has the, uh, for the two of you guys, what's what's the build-up to this season been like? Because it's a different off-season than either of you have ever experienced before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the cool thing about coaching at this place, the expectations are always pretty high. Uh, I've heard that. But probably a little more of a fever pitch coming coming into this year and all the pregame festivities and, and all the things that happen in the fall that you're well aware of and uh, certainly a lot more pats on the back, which 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 are fun. It's it's awesome and we feel like we have a really good club again, so it's it's exciting. What did it mean on the recruiting trail? Um, you know, now, I mean, I understand that you're recruiting preschoolers at this point. Like, the baseball calendar is so far out. Correct. But but in terms of existing relationships and also starting to build new re- relationships, did, did it have a tangible effect? Uh, it does. And I think it's, uh, it's sometimes it's hard to notice, especially rolling right off the plane into recruiting season last summer. Uh, I think you're you're really there, uh, winning the national championships great, but probably one of the things that that comes with it as a recruiting coordinator is you realize you haven't been on the road for a while and everybody else has. So mm-hmm. there's that twinge in your stomach where you're like, hey, I've got to get out and see players, and so it almost feels like uh, business as usual, you know, because you just get back in the same normal routine. But you know, uh, hindsight, you look back on it, and um, obviously new opportunities. Uh, new connections that you make, people that reach out and you know have interest in the program. 
program because of you know what they saw transpire in Omaha with uh, not only us winning but you know the fan reaction and the support there and that causes them to dive in a little bit more and look around and go hey man Oxford Mississippi is a really cool place to play college baseball so uh, it has certainly had an impact and an effect uh, and I think I just I feel it you know the further we get away from it. Clem, I, I did not see you post-game in Omaha, but laugh, I mean, hair jokes aside, one of the coolest moments for me a, as part of that Omaha experience was seeing you in the lobby, and we sat and visited for, I don't know, 15 minutes on that, that Sunday night after it was all said and done, and just kind of watching people come and go and, and kind of getting to watch you soak it in, was it was really neat. I, I asked Mike this yesterday when I sat down and visited with him, was, was there a point, or, or when was the point, after you got back to Oxford, after the celebration was over, where you sat down by yourself, back porch, with your wife, whatever, and kind of exhaled, and you're like, that really happened? Uh, for me, it, you're going to laugh. Um, it was our Christmas card. Like, it was Christmas before it really set okay. got sunk in for me, because kind of what I said about the recruiting, man, you hit the ground running, and you're flying like you are just going. Then your new team's rolling in, and you're going, going, going. Really, the first time we slow down is we, you know, after Thanksgiving, when our guys are out of here, there's no recruiting to be done, and you start to think about it. And and I remember my wife getting a Christmas card made, and that was a, a picture, our family, with the trophy on the field. And uh, as Clem will tell you, like, I'll, I'll shoot him a text, like, hey, man, we won the national championship. Uh, and so I, I think it was probably a little further away from me. How about you? Yeah, I think every every year Mike forces Laugh and I to take a vacation in August, right before school uh, starts. And my wife and she put the bill for that. No, you know what? That's I mean, he forces you to do it. I mean, it just feels like he should. He's well compensated. He 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 (laughs) is. Uh, We went to Destin and and sat on the beach and I'll pitch that idea to him for you. Please do. Please do. (laughs) And. had a national championship koozie and looked down and was like, no way. Like, uh, it happened. Now, the other time it sets in, and and Laugh said it, occasionally we talk more to each other than we do our wives just because of the nature of what we do. Uh, but we'll be talking about a recruit on the phone or we'll be in a hotel in, in Atlanta recruiting in the summer and Laugh's pretty good about interrupting just a serious recruiting conversation be like, hey, we're national champions. So uh, that those moments, and they sound trivial, uh, are really cool uh, because it did happen. And, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that it's completely set in for me, and I don't know when that happens. But just like tough losses, like 2018, uh, when I get over that, I'll let you know. Uh, and I, and and so I I don't know that it's completely sunk in yet, even with with everything that's gone on in the last whatever seven or eight months. The relationship that the two of you have strikes me as a little unique in college baseball because I know you're sure. your close friends and your families are friends and, and you work kind of offices are beside each other. I don't know that that exists on every coaching staff. I mean, you, you guys would have a better idea of that. I mean, I, I would think that most staffs get along, but I'm, I'm curious if the relationship the two of you have exists elsewhere. I, I let him know how lucky he is every day, he and my wife. Um <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that is something that is uh, that is unique. Um, you know, probably the the biggest thing for Clem is I think he uh, one he balances me out really well. Uh, like our personalities. You can complete be a, him. Yeah. Uh, he he. I can get really. Uh, 
uh, worked up about things, and he can be a very a calming influence. Um, but it's uh, it's exactly what you say. I mean, the, the cool thing is, you know, obviously coming to the field's fun, being around our guys, being in that office, not just with Clem, but with the, the rest of our staff. Um, but even on the road in the summers, that's probably when it really, really hits home for me. So, so this might be uncomfortable for me to, to throw at you both, and I, I don't mean for it to be. I think I know the two of you well enough to know that at some point both of you would like the opportunity to run your own program. Sure. Um, and I think I know that both of you have had opportunities to do that, but maybe it wasn't the right spot or the right time. You're in kind of a unique place in that you're in the best conference in the country at a place where you just won a national championship where the facilities are unbelievable, and it kind of limits the opportunities that make sense, doesn't it? Yeah, in a weird way, it really does. You know, like the the beauty of coaching in this league for the guy that we coach for um, with the security uh, that, that he has, especially now, um, it would it would take something real, and I think it goes back to relationships. At least for me, I don't want to speak for laugh, but your 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 last question, I think, uh, lands really heavily for me when I'm making those decisions. Whenever they come up, it's uh, we're at a great place, and the fans and all of well compensated. All of those things are true, but it's really more about the relationships. Our wives are friends. We happen to be the same age, and and our kids are in, in about the same age, and um, and so. It, it makes this place really cool. And Oxford itself is, is a really neat place. As you know, you live here and have for a really long time. But um, So it's not lost on me that I'd love to run my own program at some point, but but I, I'm not in such a hurry to do that that I, that I want to just give up this because I think us as young coaches, uh, I know for me that has been at uh, four different programs, the hope when I was at UTSA raking the field was I just want to get to a place where I can coach and have a chance to win a national championship and so now that I'm at that place, I'm not in a hurry to leave. Uh, and I think he said it really well, uh, all the points that he made. But I think even beyond that, you look at uh, you look at your family. And so uh, where mm-hmm. I'm raising my kids, uh, my wife being you know uh, Ole Miss alum, her parents an hour away, uh, and the fact that I wake up excited to go to the office every day, I mean that's uh, that's not lost on me. You guys have time to hang to talk about this team a little bit? We'd love to. Another break. Absolutely. Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement. Carl is the uh, pitching coach and recruiting coordinator at Ole Miss. Clem coaches the hitters and is the third base coach. we got more coming out with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Coming to you from Swayze Field on the eve of opening day. FM. Come on. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Half an hour left on this Thursday afternoon on the eve of a new college baseball season. This is our national championship celebration show and also the college baseball preview show. 
not that you guys care about this, but it's kind of cool two years in a row to, to get to do this at a ballpark in the state of Mississippi. We were in Starkville a year ago today, and uh, to get to be here, it, it really – I know it's not lost on you guys, and, and I'm not excluding Southern Miss. I mean, you played them in the, the Super Regional a year ago, and I think, like me and everybody, think the world of Scott Berry. Um, golly, this state, college baseball, just kind of across the board, it's just insane. I'm thankful for it. I, there aren't many sports talk radio shows in America that get to spend as much time talking about college baseball as we do. No, it's uh, uh, I use the line in recruiting a lot. When you start talking about the actual population of the state, uh, three million, maybe a, a little less. Yeah. Uh, there's more people like in Pinellas County, Florida, than you know in our entire state. And you're talking about three college baseball programs that are as good as any that host regionals, uh, compete on the national stage year in and year out. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, turning the page to, to this team, which, by the way, has to happen tomorrow, have you guys seen any signs that concern you about the actual team's ability to say, that was last year, and now we got to start over? If we say yes to that today, we ought to be fired. Uh, <laughs> no. The, the, like, wow, that guy is really honest. <laughs> he is really honest. Uh, the, the, the core group that we have back um, – as as people, and we lost some really good ones, and Elko and Graham and Bench and Dunhurst and uh, those guys. But the core group that we have back, uh, they're they're good dudes, and and uh, and so uh, they they love to work, they love to go about their business, and uh, certainly they have enjoyed um, what comes with winning a national championship. I, I, I think, um, but I feel like there's been a really good balance of being able to enjoy that, which you should. And understanding, like Mike says in our team meetings, there's 40 guys in there, and 20 of them didn't yeah. win a national championship. And so, uh, the leadership, uh, you know, from Garrett Wood, and it's got to be a bummer for those guys. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they can get their their own. But I'm, I'm sure there was some jealousy going through uh, watching our guys do the Walk of Champions and seeing the rings and and all of those things. But the character of our leadership, it, I, I think, is really strong. And then. Let's be honest. The, the other thing I think that probably no one talks about, the best prospect on our team by far is Jacob Gonzalez. And that guy would just as soon go to the dentist and get a root canal than stand here and put this head, head, headset on and, and talk to the media. And so just by nature, uh, he's humble. And I think when other guys look at that and what he is, and they're like, well, he's not, doesn't have a huge ego. Like, who am I to? So uh, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, he's not going to be super vocal, but the way he goes about his business uh, radiates off of him to, to, to other people. You, um, you're going to run a guy on the mound tomorrow that was, uh, was pretty good as a uh, true freshman in Hunter Elliott. I asked Mike this yesterday. I'm, I'm curious your response. In, in terms of growth from a guy that was a, a freshman All-American and pitched on the absolute biggest stage and pitched really well mm-hmm. on, on the biggest of stages, what is his next step in terms of development? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing was he kind of, you know, he wasn't in the starting rotation at the beginning of the year. So he's a guy that came on and obviously was terrific and then, you know, finishes the summer on a high, pitching for Team USA and performing well there. I think now, you know, you're coming into the league where everybody knows about you. And there's been some individual development. And like he's, he's worked on some specific things like his breaking ball. Um, 
but it's the ability to be the Friday night guy that is consistent. Not perfect. Uh, and I think that's a hard thing, too. After you've had such a great year, you know, internally kids can expect, uh, you know, literally they, they think they're supposed to walk on water. They're supposed to throw a shutout every game. But can you just be really consistent? Can you be the same guy? Can you post 14 weeks in a row and consistently be the workhorse for that staff? And so I think that's a different deal. I mean, you, you saw it, you know, Nikhazy, uh obviously made that transition really well from his freshman to sophomore year and, and continued on. And, you know, the cool thing about Hunter is just the, the intangibles. He's such a competitor. Uh, he loves to be out there. He loves to compete. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch him throw tomorrow. Quick scout on the other two guys that we're going to see this weekend in, in Grayson Sonier and uh, Xavier Rivas. Yeah, uh, Sonier, really talented freshman, uh, fastball 91 95. Uh, he's going into scouting report mode. Yeah, it, I am. Just uh, immediately he yeah. went straight in. Yeah, 91 95, get a good breaking ball. Uh, well, plus, plus. It's, a, it's a four pitch mix. Um, you know, uh, polished, you know, for a young guy. Uh, Xavier Rivas, uh, left-hander, 88-92, two different breaking balls, uh, competitor, high-energy guy. Uh, both guys, you know, both of them have had really good falls and springs. Clem, I want to ask you about a, a development of a specific player. So Kemp Alderman, two years ago, I felt like the way people described him was country strong. And then you saw him hit a baseball, and you're like, good gosh. ball jumps off his bat. It sounds different. It looks different. And he has the massive hit against LSU two years ago, the Grand Slam, the comeback, and all those things. But he also looked bad a lot at the plate. Swung at a lot of stuff. Couldn't hit a breaking ball. And then last year, he makes this massive jump to look like a hitter as opposed to just a, a swinger. Bad. Sorry. <laughs> to look like a hitter as opposed to a guy that just swings freely at the baseball. Keep Sorry. Rolling, Richard. I, just Keep needed to, I just needed yeah. to uh, adjust that for a second. Um, how does that development happen, and what is the next step in his development? Well, I, I think it's a couple things for Kemp. He, he, he probably swung and missed at 60% of the pitches that were thrown to the plate in the fall of his freshman year, like you said. And, um was just a little bit overmatched and overwhelmed, probably more overwhelmed than he was overmatched. And, and, and he's a, he's a guy of comfort. And so, uh, he was just able, never able to get there. He had the big hit against LSU. That was one of two hits he had on the year. You know, we were going to redshirt him and we kind of pulled that off. We felt like we needed another bat and, uh, it did, didn't, you're only going to get two. That was a good one. Yeah. For one of the, no doubt. It didn't pan out for him. He didn't, he didn't even travel with us to the super regional in Tucson yeah. and, um, a year ago right now, we didn't know what we had. The big development probably um, was for him to go off and play summer ball. You know, he went he went out to Maryland and played uh, all summer after his freshman year and was able to get a ton of at-bats. And he was really a much better hitter than what he showed as a freshman. He just was never able to get in the lineup, never able to, to see a bunch of pitches. And then last year, you know, he had, a, he had a good fall, and we made the decision that he's going to be in our lineup every day. And um, it, it was amazing and, and a little bit surprising even to me that, he was going to be able to spit on breaking balls as well as he did all year last year. It got to the point where uh, I felt like there were there were different times over the course of our season where I felt he, like he had our best approach of anyone, uh, one through nine, and uh, felt like he was going to spit on breaking balls. And then you couple that with the, the physical tools that he has, um, just the ability to hit a ball as hard as anybody I've ever coached, really, anybody I've ever coached. And um, now he's got the bat-to-ball skills. And, um, yeah, his development has been a, incredible. It, it Absolutely incredible. Laugh, let me ask you about two guys on, on the staff. Um, Jack Doherty, who, you know, goes out and delivers these five magical innings that, you, you know, 
maybe you're the difference in winning a national championship and not winning a national championship. Um, and he's not in the rotation to, to start the season. What's that conversation? What is his role? Uh, well, his role this weekend is to be our closer. Okay. Um, and first, tr- true closer or no? He can go out and give you some length. We uh, we work him up as a starter, and certainly uh, by all stretches, Jack can start. Like he yeah. pitched well enough to one hundred percent start. Uh, but probably where there's a lot of newness is, is the pitching staff having a lot of young guys, and you know losing Josh Mallets, who was the guy that you know was potentially going to be at the end of the game for us you know we're looking at the bullpen and we really want to solidify that moving forward and so jack gives you that uh i mean for lack of better terminology he's a swiss army knife you know he can start he can pitch out of the back end because he's done it so much uh he's got great stuff uh his stuff has taken a step forward not you know from a velocity standpoint but his secondary stuff's even better and so that's the thing uh you know as we as we go through this non-conference schedule uh i mean you may wake up and jack doherty may be starting for us sure but there's just a, a lot of unknowns of of guys that maybe you know haven't been out there uh and and having someone with some experience to come in in a close game to to close it out especially early why other guys get experience is good can he go a couple times in a weekend uh, early uh can maybe he? yes it, it all depends on how long he goes and what I mean by that if he goes out there and runs you know 45 50 pitches sure yeah uh but I mean if he goes out and gets you two outs on seven pitches to close out a game he can oh, turn one, around and go Saturday or, or Sunday 100 percent okay uh he absolutely can do that especially like in the in the true sense of a of a closer's role, meaning I'm going to come in and throw the ninth inning, similar to what you saw Taylor Broadway do. Sure. Uh, but the cool thing about Jack is you can get to the sixth inning and it can be a close game and you can put him in and it's over. You know, And that's uh, that's the unique thing that he brings to the table. Can't tell you both how much I appreciate your time. Last, last thing, Ethan Groff question. Is he the closest thing, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to anybody that's played in the outfield, but to a – true outfielder that you guys have had in a few years? I think I think for me, since J.B. Woodman, probably, yeah. um, just because we've kind of rotated some some other guys out there, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's as 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 good as that is. He's he's going to move T.J. to a to a corner, and if you're doing that, you've you've done a pretty good job. No question. Thanks so much for your time, both of you. You got it, buddy. Do it. And uh, good luck this year, and uh, enjoy it. I'm glad we got baseball weather coming for tomorrow. Yeah, we do. Forty five. It's yeah. perfect. North wind, twelve miles an hour. Be great. We'll wrap it up with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi from Swayze Field and. Oxford in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks to Mike Clement and Carl Lafferty. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Talk 
Talk Mississippi with you. One last time on this Thursday afternoon. Show has gone quickly. Richard Cross and Michael Borky. Big thanks to uh, Carl Lafferty and uh, Mike Clement for uh, spending a couple of segments with us uh, to uh, to wrap up this season preview edition of the show. Also looking back and uh, reflecting on the uh, the national championship season for a year ago. Those guys were great. And uh, you, you can tell when... I mean, they mess with each other and they pick at each other like brothers do. But uh, there is a deep friendship there uh, in addition to uh, working relationship. I wonder how easy it is to build a friendship when you win a championship together. Do you think that helps? I think the friendship probably helped them get through the month or so before winning the championship. I hear you. Uh, yeah. That's probably when they really needed to be able to lean on each other uh, a little bit more. Um it's been fun this afternoon. David Kellum. Yeah, it has. Uh, got cold quick, too, but that's okay. Houston said from uh, the time the show started to uh, where we are now, 17-degree drop. So Feels like it. You can tell. It is falling and will continue. Oh, that's a light rain. That uh, Oh, the blue hens. Delaware has just arrived at the ballpark, and uh, they're going through some BP stuff. I, I don't think it's supposed to be a significant rain, so hopefully for their sake and everybody else's it won't be. You know, they schedule this game. It gets cold in Mississippi. They're aware of that. But they yeah. schedule this game so they can come south and have actual baseball weather. Sure. And, and tomorrow it's going okay. to be 40. Well, yeah, but, I mean... What, Saturday, look- Sunday better? Yes. Um, let's see. Weekend as a whole. So the game's at 4 tomorrow and, what, noon and noon or 1 something and noon like or something like that. So tomorrow the high is 46. So it'll be 46 at game time, 45 at game time, and then it'll get cold in a hurry. Saturday's the highest 55 and Sunday 63. Ooh, Sunday, that's a good day. They'll appreciate that, being from where they're from. And the sun's going to at least peak out for all three days. What Super Bowl winning quarterback By the way, in Monday, Delaware? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 70, 76, 76. When they're not playing. Love yeah. it. Oh, it's uh, the guy that was at Baltimore. He's got the big arm, right? Yeah, but who is it? <sighs> I think Joe Flacco, Flacco. a yeah. former. I mean, I could like see him. Blue hen. right there. Couldn't come up with his name. Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl winner can never take that away from him. You are right about that. I got to see that. Unlike uh, the Dallas Cowboys when they won their last Super Bowl, because I was one. I remember Flacco winning his. <laughs> You're a broken record, man. <laughs> Sorry, Hunter, that was specifically directed at you. It wasn't, but you took the pot shot. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. What did he say? Nothing. It's just Hunter always gets upset with me when I take shots at the Cowboys. Because it, it's it's not an anti-Dak thing. It's an anti-Cowboys thing. Look, I'm a small market fan. I hate the Lakers because they get stuff that my Pelicans don't. I hate the Cowboys because they get this treatment like they are just some untouchable franchise, and yet the Giants have more Super Bowls than they do since I've been one years old. You missed my Freudian moment a little bit ago. What would you do? Aside from the hair thing. Oh, no, I just make fun of a bald guy. It's no big deal. Um, no, I was talking about Kemp Alderman and his development, and I was I had in my mind, you know, you, you hear guys all the time talk about, you know, he started out as a thrower, but he became a pitcher. And so I was talking about Kemp Alderman, and I Whoops. was like, somewhere along the way he has become a hitter. He started out just as a swinger. And I, was, I just paused. Well, and I, and I looked at it, I was like, hey, 
person who swings. Maybe he's the a bat big fan of pineapple. I don't reckless know. Reckless abandon. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just happened. <laughs> it just happened that way. Uh, uh, that's but, a guy that could break out, though. I mean, old Miss fans know who Kent Balderman is, and, and for good reason. But that's the kind of guy that you could look up, and he leads the SEC in home runs this year. Yeah, guy has pretty good, pretty stiff competition for yeah. uh, for for that title. Wait, something in the SEC in baseball is difficult? No way. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, we talked about Mississippi State, Kentucky last night. Was a pretty good night in the league. Uh, Tennessee sixty-eight fifty-nine. A uh, a winner over Alabama. That was a big home win for Tennessee. Gave Alabama their first SEC loss. Florida beat Ole Miss 79-64. Texas A&M defends the home floor. They win by 6, 62-56 over Arkansas. One week at number one for Alabama. Oh, you mean that guy? So oh, I'm you just remember, I, remember we talked about there being all four home teams were favorites last night. Yep. Tennessee, Texas A&M, Mississippi State were all three or three-and-a-half-point favorites, and then Florida was a ten-point favorite. Three of the four covered. Mississippi State was the only one that uh, that did not. Go figure. Big Blue kind of spoiling the party. They uh, they tend to do that sometimes. Hey, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. It's been a fun show. I uh, appreciate all the guests on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. Go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. If you missed any of the show, you can always go back and get it on demand. Supertalk.fm or download the podcast. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Visit them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. And by Visit Oxford online at visitoxfordms.com. For Michael Borky and Will Lee, special thanks to Alex in Houston for helping us make it happen on the road. I'm Richard Cross. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.